Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. I was just thinking about in my weird, crazy mind that I have. But just noticing that, you know what? Jesus and God make this such an important um, point for us as believers, for us as followers, to take this position of faith, to put ourselves in a position to receive the promise that he has for us. He, they, they made it a point. See, if it, if, it, if, it was, if it wasn't supposed to be a point, it wouldn't be in the Bible. But see, he made it a point. So we have to understand that when we find something in the Bible that, that, that Jesus is making a point of or God's making a point of, then, you know, that's something we really need to pay attention to. And so Jesus was like telling you guys, hey, but you will receive this when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But what, what the really great thing is, is that in, in that you have to set yourself up for it. Right? You have to set yourself up for it. Instead of just kind of thinking, oh, well, it just show up. No, you got to actually set yourself up, up, up for it. Put yourself in a posture or a position to receive what the Holy Spirit has for you. All that the Holy Spirit has for you. Because as we've said before, kind of in the past, right, that, this, that the Holy Spirit is the very life force of our Christianity. We need the Holy Spirit. Without Him, there would be no, listen, active Christian life to live. Because a lot of times, you know, we can, we, can, we can say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but man, there, there's no activity going on, right? No activity. And it's like, why is there no activity? Well, a large part of that is because, you know what? The Holy Spirit is not really active in your life. You're not really giving a place for the Holy Spirit to come and begin to do some things within your life or even to begin to use you in your life. Because did you know he wants to use you? Right? Because Jesus ain't here. You notice that? He's not walking the face of the earth right now. But when he left, he said to the disciples, no, I need you now to do what I'm doing. I need you now to fill that need that people around you are going to have. I need you to do that. But in order for you to do that, what does he tell them? Hey, I need you to go to Jerusalem. I need you to go to Jerusalem, and I need you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Right? They had to posture their heart. They had to set it right. They had to get in one accord, and then they had to believe for the Holy Spirit to come. And not only does the Holy Spirit come, but He comes with power. He comes with with this authority that only, only we have through Christ But because of Christ, we have the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit that can flow through us. And and, and recognize this, that it is a very progressive thing sometimes. I mean, there, there are times instantly the Holy Spirit comes upon us, but there are times that we have to grow in this relationship with the Holy Spirit to the point where actually we're we're feeling very comfortable with the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different things where we're trying to figure this thing out. But you know what? As we progress, as we take another step, as we take another step of the Holy Spirit, 
then the Holy Spirit comes in greater detail, in a greater way of a relationship with you. He's not some far-off, distant person or far-off, distant thing. He is actually... He is actually right there with you. He's actually with you every step of the way. But see, we've got to put ourselves in that position. Because what happens, right? See, see, God doesn't want us to be stuck in the same level in our relationship with Him or with the Holy Spirit our entire life. He doesn't want you to be stuck. But see, a lot of times what happens is people get stuck. People get stuck because, you know what, they're like, well, you know what, I, I, I'm good. Like, kind of like, um, you know, the hamster wheel. You ever seen a hamster wheel? And all they do is go around in a circle. They're not going anywhere, just going around in a circle. And sometimes, we, as Christians, people can be stuck in their, their relationship. And, and, and some think, well, no, no, that, that's Okay. That, that, that's really okay. You know, I really don't need to change because you know what? I remember a long time ago that I was taught that I should stay right here, right? I don't need anything else. I, I, I'm saved and I don't really need to grow or, or, or really develop this kind of relationship. Or then you have those who would say, oh, wait, 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 wait. well, you know what? Um, I, I have this bubble of comfort. Ever, anybody ever have a bubble of comfort? Like you're just like, yeah, that's my comfort level. I'm staying right there. Okay, And so we don't want to be stretched. But see, God's in the stretching business. Right? He's in that stretching business. Remember Stretch Armstrong when, as a little kid? Yeah, he, he wants to pull your arm. He wants to pull your leg. He wants to stretch you. But see, we get in this comfort zone and we think, no, 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 God, no, I, I'm not good at stretch. I'm not good at stretching. I don't, I don't, want, you, I don't want you to do that. Besides that, you know, it's kind of that, you know, too, oh, well, I'll look weird to others. I'll just, I'll just look to weird. And then you have those who are just plain old lazy. They just don't want to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They don't want to put in the work. Because it, there is work involved. It's not you're going to sweat or, you know, strain your muscles. But you know what you'll do? is you'll, you'll, you'll strain your spiritual muscles. You'll begin to grow. You'll begin to all of a sudden experience more of what the Holy Spirit has for you, and real growth and transformation begins to take place. But he doesn't want you to be stuck in one spot. And so if you're stuck in a spot, then then I would challenge you to say, why am I stuck? What, what, what's going on? What, what, what decisions am, are I, am I making or maybe the decisions I haven't made because there might be fear. There might be some um, you know, ambiguity to what all of this is about the Holy Spirit. But see, God's heart for you is He wants you to grow beyond the spiritual elementary stuff. You know, I would say like this. Yeah, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me because I heard you say it, Pastor Scott. But that's all I'm going to do with it. That's elementary. And see, God wants you to move beyond elementary stuff into something far greater in your relationship with him. See, we get this practically because, you know what? When our kids go to school, we want them to progress in their age levels, right? We want them 
to go from first grade to second grade to third grade to fourth grade because that's how it should be. They should be growing, right? And we'll do whatever it takes to make sure they pass. Yet when it comes to spiritual things, we don't do that for ourselves. We just kind of, no, I'm good right where I'm at. Third grade, awesome. And God's like, no, I have fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, and beyond for you to grow in. But see, we've got to, we've got, I mean, the, part of this is challenging. I, I mean, it even challenges me when I think about that stuff. Because I think sometimes, I, okay, Lord, where am I at? Do, how, how much more do I need to challenge myself? How much more do I need to keep rising to the occasion? How much more discipline do I need to have in order to grow my relationship with you, grow my relationship with the Holy Spirit? And man, I, I, I don't think, I think it's endless. But see, you have to be on the pathway, right? Because you can look at it and think, oh, man, as long as I get through high school, which is great. But see, then you got other levels that you could go. And God's just like, man, I got so much for you. But he wants you to grow beyond, beyond that, you know, spiritual elementary stuff. And he wants you to grow in your faith and relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can mature in Christ. You can grow with him, right? And, and, and really what helps you in that is what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. But before we get into that, let's stop for a second, okay? Uh, you know, in the Bible it says a selah, which is kind of like a pause in the music. Let's reflect for a minute and ask ourselves this question. How long has it been since you've experienced real transformation and growth? How long has it been since you've experienced real transformation and growth in your life? See, we come to, we come to Jesus as sinners and we get saved. And I believe then transformation begins to, to happen we begin to grow a little bit, right? But oftentimes, sometimes we'll, we'll just, again, kind of like the hamster wheel, we'll just kind of stall out because we, we're not putting in more effort. We're not doing the things that we need to do in order to, 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 to put into practice the spiritual disciplines of reading our Bible, of praying, of, of even coming to church and, and being involved and engaged with other believers. We just kind of, we kind of just stall out. But for us, you know, hopefully... It's not, man, I've never, I've never grown. I've never, I, I've, I don't think I've ever really felt the tran, uh, the, this transformation take place in my life. Because, you know, if, if that's true, then I want you to just know this. That is not God's best for you. That's not God's best for you. He does not want you to go through life never experiencing, never um, growing and being transformed into the image of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, turn there real quick with me. He, 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 um, Paul kind of expands on the, or well, actually, we don't know if it's Paul, it's, it's the writer of Hebrews, but he kind of expands on this thought idea. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, Leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ. Okay, so that, talking about that, you know, real basic stuff. Okay, let us go on to perfection. 
Now, that's not like you're perfect, right? But that means you are growing, you are maturing. So all of us, pastors included, we need to grow and we need to mature. Every single day, we need to be in the process of that. And so not just me, but you as well. All need to be growing. All need to be maturing in that process. Not perfection, but in the process. Because as you do that, man, all of a sudden you'll start to, to, to see things differently. You'll start to see some things change. You'll start to see some things happen in your life. So it says, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Verse 2, of the, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So here we find the writer of Hebrews. He's exhorting his readers, right? And and it's not just his readers, it's you and I. See, whenever you read the Bible, you got to look at it that God's talking to you. God's speaking to you, right? Because a lot of times, you know, again, I think I've said this in the past, people will say, well, God's not talking to me, Pastor Scott. Well, are you reading your Bible? Uh, no. Well, then he's not going to talk to you. He's not going to talk to you loudly, right? Read your Bible because this is God's Word. He's talking to you. But see, here it is. He wants us to move on from spiritual elementary school to grow up spiritually, to grow up in our faith, recognizing that, yes, it's going to be a progression. You're not going to arrive right on the spot. But are you doing the work? Are you doing the work? That's so important. Because if you don't do the work, you'll stay spiritually stagnant. You, you're not going to grow. You're not going to move into where you know, God wants you to be and how he wants to use you. So we have to begin to grow. Then, right, in Hebrews again, as part of his urging, our writer gives us a list of fundamental areas that need to be adhered to. And one of which is this, the doctrine of baptisms. Now, notice that it's plural. It's not singular, right? Which leads us to our title today. Three essential baptisms. Three essential baptisms. And I, let me just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to three baptisms. Amen. So today we want to identify these three essential baptisms that God requires every believer to experience. Okay? He wants every believer to experience, not just certain people. He wants every single person. Turn to your neighbor and say every single person. And that includes you. Okay? He wants every believer to experience these three baptisms. So as we progress in this, we first got to understand what, what, what does baptism mean? Well, baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, meaning to dip, to immerse, or to submerge, which you know, basically makes sense to most Christians who commonly associate 
baptism with water baptism. However, when referring to spiritual things and, and in the spiritual realms, Scripture often speaks metaphorically in reference to one's full surrender or complete relational buy-in. When you are fully surrendered and completely buy-in, then you know what? There is a baptism that we'll get to that, that, that takes place, which is kind of the very first one that we're going to talk about. Okay? But it's important to note that baptism has three components. It has the baptizer, it has the baptizee, right? And whatever an individual is being baptized in. So for an example, we know water baptism. You have the pastor or the person who's bapti- uh, the baptizer. Um, we have the individual who's the baptizee. And then, um, then we have whatever they're going to get in, which is like, you know, a tub of water or, or you know, um, or a bucket or whatever. I don't know. I guess you can't really do it in a bucket, but uh, that would be kind of weird, right? Hey, squeeze into that bucket. Awesome. Um, wouldn't work. All right. But the thing that we have to realize is that every component in baptism is essential. Every component is essential. And if we were to remove one of them, them then baptism is, is incomplete. But here's the deal. Some people argue, though, against three baptisms. They use Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. And it said, this is what this says. They say, man, there is only one baptism. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 4 and 5 says, there is one body and one spirit. This is the scripture they use as their, uh, their premise. There is only one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Okay, so yes, it does say one baptism, but I also know that it says one Lord. But we also know that there are three who are one, right? And we call them the Trinity. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, all agree, guess what, as one. Okay, so Ephesians 4 in the context is teaching that a person only needs one baptism to get into the family of God. One baptism to find to get into that what we call salvation. And then, you know, what's funny too is sometimes there's a, there, there's a hole in their theory as well because they really do believe in the two baptisms. Baptism into the family of God and water baptism. So, like, how can you say then there's only one baptism if you're practicing water baptism? It doesn't make any sense to me. But then what happens is they leave the third one out. Which we'll look at in a few minutes here. But they leave it alone and they don't want to experience. They, don't, they want to stay as far away as it that they can. But see, that's the third. That's the three baptisms. So, we need, you know, and, and there are some people too that would say, well, you know, this third baptism that, 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 that you're talking about, um, that was back in, in, in Acts time. That was back for the disciples. It's not really real for today. But that's wrong. It's real for today. It really is. And so if you've heard that kind of teaching, you know, I'm going to ask you just to kind of shelf that for now. Just put it on the shelf. Don't, don't worry about it and just listen. Because I, I want you to understand that the, the, the three essential baptisms 
all three of these have to be working in our life so that we can experience a spiritual maturity. How many want to be spiritually mature? I do. I want to at least be growing, right? Okay, so let's identify them. The first one is baptism into the body of Christ. And, we're, and, and the first two, we're kind of, because you kind of know already, we're kind of gleaned through these, right? So it's also kind of referred as salvation. But basically what it means is when you get saved, um, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says this. For by one Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, we, that's every believer, we're all baptized into one body. That's Jesus, Jesus right? Whether uh, Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. I love how, he, how the writer just kind of adds all those people in, right? So it's not like, oh, well, it's only this and that person. No, man, he's just basically saying it's for everybody. It's for every single person. Salvation comes to every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord. So then when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into one body, the family of God, which causes you to be born again, right? Born of the Spirit and not of natural birth. Remember that story with Nicodemus and Jesus? And he's talking about it, and he's like, well, wait, 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 what do you mean? I mean, I have to, to, have to come you know, back through my mother's womb and all that? What, 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 what? And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. You're born of the Spirit. See, when you made Jesus Lord of your life, you were born of the Spirit. That means the Spirit baptized you into the family of God. And man, you have all of the, the resources available to you from the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Galatians 3.27 says, but all who have been united with Christ in what? Baptism, Right? have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So Paul doesn't say we were baptized into water, but baptized into Christ, which again confirms that when we place our faith in Jesus, we are spiritually immersed and united with him. And I love what they, how they ended that, like putting on new clothes. Isn't there something special, something neat when you put on new clothes? Like you go and buy them and you're just like, I can't wait to wear them. Oh, this is going to look so good. I'm just excited, right? And then you put them on and you, I think there's a little bit of a different swagger in us when we got new clothes on, right? Am I sure, is that right or is that just me? It might be just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But I think there's just this little like different swagger about us. But see, we have to understand that we put on new clothes in Christ, right? So there should be a swagger about his people because I got Jesus and I got new clothes. Look at me. I'm being transformed and I'm growing. Right? You know, and we, and we like when people go, hey, is that a new blouse? Hey, are those new shoes? Right? We like that. So what if people were to say, hey, there's something different about you, girl. Right? There's something different about you. What's going on? Well, you know what? Man, I gave my life to Christ, and man, I, I'm just feeling, man, it, man, God's moving in my life, right? I mean, that attracts people. But see, we got to have a swagger about ourselves. we got to have this growing going on in, inside of us. 
And so we just have to fully surrender and, and completely be bought into who Jesus is as our Savior. And then, you, then we're going to get to our second one, which is number two, baptism in water. Baptism in water. Now, back in Bible times, man, you, you went right from getting saved to being water baptized. I mean, it was almost like, you guys say, oh, let's go. We're going, we're going to get you water baptized right now, right? Whoa, wait a minute, dude. I got no trunks. I got no, no towel. No, it didn't matter. They were like, no, no, let's go. But see, in today's Christianity, I, I don't know what it is, but man, we just kind of wait. Man, you got saved. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we're having baptism six months later, <laughs> right? Instead of just, man, let's go now. It's crazy. Right? I, don't, I don't know if we've just made it, we want to Americanized it or made it just so it's easier. I don't really know. But you see in Scripture where there's tons of times they're just like, let's go. <laughs> what? You know, it's like, wait a minute, I got to call my mom. I got to call my dad. I got to call my wife. Or whatever. No, no, no. It was like, no, let's go. Let's go do this thing right now. Okay, so anyways, we're in baptism in water. Okay, so when you were born again, Jesus becomes your Savior, and being baptized in water is when you publicly declare Jesus as your Lord, okay? Which, in church doctrine, considers this an individual's first act of obedience, okay? Which I think is why, you know, they do it, they did it right away, where, you know, nowadays we wait six, eight months, maybe a year, or whatever. And it doesn't, I mean, even if you waited that long, that's fine. There's no, you know, there's no pressure on that. But I'm just saying, it, you see the difference? Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 4, this is in the Passion Translation. It says, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Amen to that. Right? That, that's why we, we describe water baptism, right, as an outward sign of an inward work of what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. Right? What the Holy Spirit is helping us establish in us. This, this ability, right, to, to basically like begin to cut away the fleshly desires that we have so that we can pursue his desires. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus was resurrected. He comes back and he's speaking to his disciples. And you've all heard this before. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? Meaning believers, are, you know, they, they wanted them to be submerged in water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here Jesus is, he's just telling the 12, hey, go out. Get people saved, right? Where they experience the, this baptism into the body of Christ and then baptize them in water for them to announce their surrender to Christ and their pursuit of this new life in Him because they are beginning to, to move towards growth. But see, both of them are needed for our growth. Wouldn't you agree? If we're going to grow, grow up spiritually, we need to have Jesus in our life as our Savior, Correct? Amen, right? Then we need to go to the next level. We're going grade level, right? Next level. 
Hey, I'm going to get water baptized because I believe in Jesus. Great. Are you ready to tell everybody? Yes. Then you go get water baptized, right? But then that leads us to the third one. Our third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is probably to some the most controversial one. So it's, it, this, this baptism in the Holy Spirit is also referred to as being filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Spirit. This is where the believer is immersed in the Holy Spirit and empowered for kingdom service. Did you catch the word immersed? That means, man, the Holy Spirit has now become a, a part of your life. The Holy Spirit is like in you and, and moving at greater levels and you are opening yourself up to allow Him to, to, to really use you in a way that you might not be comfortable Man, Christianity is not comfortable. We've got to get that through our heads. Because sometimes we feel like, well, no, 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 it's supposed to be comfortable. I'm just supposed to come to church on Sunday. And then if I'm really good, I'll come to church on Wednesday. And I'm really, really good. But God's like, no, I want it to be uncomfortable for you at times. I want to stretch you at times. I want you to kind of have to lean on me at times. Oh, God, God, boy, I, they just said something about the Bible. But I don't even, I'm not sure I even know the Bible verse. And so I'm just going to be quiet. No, start talking. Right? Holy Spirit, say, man, I'll give you the words to speak. And even if you butcher, I love this because that, that's sometimes me. Even if you butcher the verse, even if you just mess it up. Man, God, Holy, the Holy Spirit is so much bigger than me. He really is. I can, I can totally jack it up. But you know what? That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't touch their heart, can't move in their life, can't do what he needs to do. But see, sometimes he just needs you to be obedient, to be the open voice, the open, open person that says, no, no, I, I'm immersed with the Holy Spirit. I, I'm all into this thing. Matthew 3.11 says this. This is John He's talking to the crowd, John the Baptist, that is. And he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He, again, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, here's John's baptism is into repentance. See, Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus hasn't, had, hasn't rose from the dead. He's not ascended into heaven yet, right? So this is, this is before all that. So kind of this is a, a, a water baptism um, based on kind of the, the law at the time. But see, then he's saying, well, wait, wait a minute, there's one that's coming. And the one that's coming, he will baptize you. Every single believer, right? He didn't say, oh, just you disciples. He's just going to baptize you and that's it. No, he said, I will baptize you with, whole, with the whole, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire's not something to mess around with, is it? But it's powerful. Just go ask California, man, they got burning all the time. Feels like every time I call my mom and dad, yeah, we got another fire going. But, it, but it's powerful, Right? Baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And, and here's the deal. We know that that occurred. Because in Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4, on the day of Pentecost said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Okay, now you could think, wow, that's kind of trippy. Okay, but don't get tripped out by that. It says in verse 4, and when they are all and, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there are some Christians out there that will deny that that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, right, this third baptism, is a separate, they'll deny that it's a separate act, right? Because what they do is they believe that everything happens at, at one time. They believe that as soon as you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and then this, this baptism of in the Holy Spirit is, is kind of is just there because the Holy Spirit's in you. But see, we, we see that, that, that that's not the case because why would Jesus then tell them, go to Jerusalem, right? Go, and you know what? The bap- baptism of the Holy Spirit will come upon you because these guys were saved because of what Jesus did. So it's a separate act. And see, we have to realize that that is a part of the third essential baptism. It's so, so essential that we, we, we at least open our hearts to it if we, if, we, if we never have. Now, some of you might have already have. That's, that's awesome. That's great. That's cool. But some might not have. But I, I'm just trying to encourage you not trying to, you know, pull you along. I'm just trying to encourage you to open your hearts to it. Again, it's positioning ourselves to be able to say, okay, what is this full baptism in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? What does it mean for me? And I want it. What's that song? I want it all. I want it now. I'm sorry. Just my crazy mind. You know, and, and, and what, one of the things to be, to, to just, to, just to note is, um, I mean, this is, this is um, uh, uh, you know, just in, like in the four Gospels, you find uh, Christ's birth, you find his death, and you find his resurrection, right? The baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, is just in one of the books, Right? And we've read a couple of them, but I'm just going to read John chapter 1, verse 32 through 34 uh, to you because I, I just feel it's important of what, what John experienced in, the, in this process. And John bore witness, right? So he's saying, hey, how many, a lot of times we believe a witness's account, right? If something happens, say someone hit you in your car and that other person was at fault, we want a witness to be able to give account of what took place, right? Because you know we know that's for our benefit. So here John, and it says, and John bore witness. So, man, John saw this, okay? He said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. That's Jesus. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon you seeing the Spirit descending and remaining on this, remaining on him, 
This is who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have testified that this is the Son of God. And as we know, we see what happened in Acts chapter 2. And, and some scholars kind of say it, say it this way. They kind of explain this, this whole kind of uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. They kind of explain it this way. It says, because redemption was not complete in the Old Testament, sin reigned. Therefore, the unsaved believer couldn't receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit could only work through an individual and then had to leave. Does that make sense? You see, if you read in the Old Testament, you look and see, man, all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, mean, I don't know if it, maybe it was Elijah uh, or Elijah, I don't remember, but man, he, he was able to outrun um, uh, 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 Ahab and, and his thing. Like, how, how, right? I mean, you know, are you Usain Bolt or whatever that guy's name is? I mean, that's crazy. But see, it was the Holy Spirit came upon him, got him there. But then what happened was the Holy Spirit had to leave. Now, however, with Jesus' death and resurrection, the New Testament believer is now provided with full access to this divine relationship with the Holy Spirit. And here's the great thing about it. On the day of Pentecost, he did not leave after that. He stayed. He stayed. He is very much alive here right now, even in this place. He did not take off. He did not have to leave because we have a relationship with Jesus. So let me, let, me, let me kind of begin to wrap this up um, and ask this question, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Ha- have you ever felt like you've you're just kind of been going through the motions, like you don't have the power you don't have the relationship. You don't have maybe even the ability. Man, we talked about he will come and give you power and ability um, regarding spiritual things. Have you ever felt that? Like you see certain people and you go, wow, I wish I was like them. Or I wish, man, I, I, you know, I had a relationship like them. Okay. Well, can I kind of just lay out before you the possibility is because they've stepped into this third baptism. They stepped into this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if we're lacking power and we're lacking like real transformation taking place in our life and really even growth, right? Because there are times you can read your Bible and you can read and go, I didn't get nothing out of that, right? Shut it and then maybe three weeks later you open your Bible again. But see, some of that is because the Holy Spirit, you're not opening yourself up and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you through, through this Scripture. And so if, 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 if you're feeling defeated and, and there's no change in your life and there's no growth going along and there's no spiritual power in your life, then you know what? Something's got to change. Something's got to change. Because... I don't know about you, but man, if you, you have 
a benefits package at your job that has all of these benefits and you're not taking, you're not using the benefits, that's on you, right? If you've got the word of God and you've got the promises of God and you've got the ability to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that far is just amazing, but you choose not to use it, that's on you. So if you're experiencing some of these things we're talking about, then you know what? I just, I just want to roll it out there. Man, something's got to change. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. And so wherever you find yourself, right? Maybe, maybe you could look at me and say, you know what, Pastor Scott? You know what? Man, I have two out of the three baptisms. Or maybe you just say, well, I only got one. I've never been water baptized. Okay? Something's got to change. There is something that has to change. And really, you know what? I kind of uh, alluded to this a little bit, um, or the Scripture alludes to this a little bit in, in Hebrews chapter 6. Maybe because you only have one or two and not all three, maybe God is not or, is, uh, or, or, or cannot permit you to move forward towards spiritual maturity until you open yourself up fully to all three. Now, I'm not trying to twist anybody's arm, but I, but I want to lay it out for you just to, 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 to stimulate the mind, to begin to think, maybe even to create a hunger for all three. And so if you've got one, but you don't have another, the other two, get the other two. But, that, but that, listen, if you don't get three, that, I, you know, I ain't putting no pressure on you. You're still saved. Right? You're still going to heaven. But man, wouldn't you want, if, if you had a, a more power and ability to live this Christian life with a partner that's going to help you and empower you to get where God wants you to get to in every situation that you face, wouldn't you want to, wouldn't you want to get that? Oh, yeah. I would. I would. So, Maybe that's something we need to begin to look at. Maybe that's something we need to, to ask the Holy Spirit about, to stir something up in us. Because you know what, really, I mean, God wants you to, right? Jesus wants you to have all three. Holy Spirit wants you to have all three baptisms in your life. So, again, wherever you find yourself in this, perspective, um, in this spectrum, or really, maybe you're not in any of them. I, I, maybe you don't even fall into that category. May I, may, may I just encourage you today to go after all of them. Just go after them. And what I love that when the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't say, oh, well, I respect Pastor Scott more than I do you. No, 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 no. He looks at us and it's the same. And he's like, yeah, you want it? It's my heart to give it to you. It's my heart to, to, to give, give it to you. And so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, just, just I'm going to say a real brief prayer, and then I'm going to have Chris come up. And I know this is kind of maybe jacking our system up a little bit. Um, but I want, to, I want to encourage you. Um, I know in my announcement I had said that there is a prayer night taking place at Tiga K. Um, on uh, next Sunday night from 5 to 6.30. Um, part of that prayer night, 
just, just to be honest with you and straight up, is, is an opportunity if you're interested in going after the third baptism, you'll have an opportunity to do that. You'll have an opportunity for, for and listen to me, it'll, it'll be done in such love and graciousness. You know, kind of as, how can I put it? You know, as a dad teaches a, a child how to ride a bike, right? There's that wobbliness, maybe. There's that whatever. But man, dad's right. Oh, come on, you got this, you got this, you got this. And right, man, even maybe you've been holding the seat for a long time. And so if, if, if something like that has always scared you off, I, I would just ask, I would just maybe suggest, just come check it out and see. But I want you to know that every part of it is done in love. Every part of it is, there is no pressure to, to going after more of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I just want to encourage you, if, if what we kind of read and you said, hey man, yeah, I don't have that third baptism or, you know, I'm, or maybe even the second one, whatever those things are, I would, one, I would encourage you to come on that, that, that Sunday night. But, he, but here's the caveat. If maybe you're like, yeah, I can't come or, or yeah, I'm still not sure, Pastor Scott, then, then that's okay then I will tell you there, there will be a, a, an opportunity on this campus at some point in the next couple weeks if you want to just come and do it here and ask more about it and talk more about it. No pressure. Again, be exactly the same thing. But, it, but, it, but man, why miss out on something that God has for every single one of us. Why miss out? I hate missing out. I hate losing. So I, so I, I encourage you. Come on Sunday. Sunday evening, next Sunday evening, 5.30. I mean, sorry, 5 to 6.30. Or wait until I say something about it here. Let me pray just really, really quick. And then I'll have Chris come up and kind of finish it off. Jesus always prayed quick prayers. Except for John, one was 17. Holy Spirit, speak to each of our hearts wherever we're at. give us a, a desire for the third baptism. Give us a desire to have the Holy Spirit in us with power and authority and ability beyond what we've ever seen before. And then, Lord, I just pray a special grace upon those who might be struggling with it or thinking, man, should I, should I, should I not? I just was great shouts of grace over their life. I just thank you that, Lord, 
Holy Spirit, you will just lead them to that closer relationship. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.